This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Last week, me and my best buddy spent a couple of days in the Sunshine State. All expenses paid, taking care of Decibel Geek business. Good time. But was it an excellent adventure? Was it a bogus journey? You're about to find out right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my awesome friend and kick-ass co-host, Chris Sinzak. I gotta know, man, are you over your airport PTSD yet? Close. I don't think I'm all the way there yet, but we'll get into that. We had a lot of cool stuff before we get to that part of the story. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, it was an adventure of many ups and downs, but yeah, we're, we'll share all the beautiful details with you today. I think you're going to enjoy this. Going to kind of remind you maybe of a Chris and Aaron show. Relaxed, laid back, and we're just going to regale you of tales of our adventures in Florida. But before we get to all that, you guys know us. we got to take care of that business. And what's our business? It's reviews and recommendations. We can't get enough. We love them so much. You're the only ones that can give them to us. It's easy. There's a lot of places you can do it. There's a website called Podchaser that you can leave excellent, awesome reviews. You can leave us Apple Podcast reviews, and you can leave us Facebook recommendations. And when you do that, we're going to read it on the show. Oh, yeah, I've got one right here. It's an Apple Podcast review. It's entitled, One of the Best. And it goes a little something like this. The Decibel Geek Podcast is one of the best. So great that I just made a donation so that my good buddy and Decibel Geek listener, Cal Hins, can co-host. Chris and Aaron are funny and very knowledgeable on rock music, just like my buddy Cal Hintz. I'm confident Cal will make a great co-host as he is well-spoken and one of the funniest guys I know. He also comes with a voice for radio and graduated at or near the top half of his high school class. I can testify to that. I went to school, Cal Hintz. <laughs> Thanks for the entertainment. And that comes to us from Doug Fox in Wisconsin. And I'll be damned, he actually did leave a $100 donation. Cal Hintz, you're coming on the show. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Five stars. Cal Hintz is coming on the show. I went to school with those guys in Merrill, Wisconsin, a couple of good wisecracking cheeseheads right there. So I guess in the near future, you, the listener, will also be introduced to Cal Hens. <laughs> what do we think Cal Hens is going to want to talk about? Oh, boy. There's no telling. That guy listens to all different kinds of music. Even back when I was a kid, you know, he was one of the guys that I, I could talk music with because he was kind of on the same wavelength as me. Not as big as a Crazy Kiss fan as I was, but everything else. As a matter of fact, I remember one time he was going to the mall. I gave him some money to pick it up for me, and he brought me back Anthrax, The Sound of White Noise. Nice. Yeah. Yep, yep. So that's cool. Thank you, Doug Fox, for the awesome review and the donation. Forgot we did that. <laughs> yeah, if and I'll, you know, I haven't plugged it in a while. If you want to leave a donation for Decibel Geek, and if you do a hundred dollars, you can co-host the show. 
Go uh, go to PayPal and just uh, go to advertising at decibelgeek.com and leave your donation. And, uh, yeah, we'll have you on the show. Or like in this case, you can volunteer somebody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you don't want to come on the mic, you can have somebody else do it. Oh, man, that's awesome. I love it. So if you want to be awesome like Doug and leave us a sweet review, like I said, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, Facebook recommendation, we'll take it any way we can get it, and we sure do appreciate it. So let them rip. We want to read them on the show. So last week, as we prepared to take off to Florida to take care of some business, we realized we're not going to have time to put out a brand new episode. We're just too tight to have to leave. So, Chris had the great idea, because it all ties in with what we're talking about this week, to reach back into the archives and pull out a classic. And man, you chose a good one. Yeah, well, I mean, we were working, as we'll get into it, we were working with the Dick Wagner Remember the Child Fund for uh, this uh, last thing we did over the weekend. And I was like, well, you know, one of the more you know fun episodes we've done, and one of the ones we're most proud of was the first Albums Unleashed we ever did, which was with Dick Wagner for Alice Cooper's Dada. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things, we're getting close to 500 episodes. It's like every now and then, if we're a little late, maybe we can throw out one of the older episodes. Because some of, some of you listening, you know, may not have been listening, you know, 8, 9, 10 years ago. So it, was, it just seemed like a good time to bring, bring it back out. And uh, we posted it and it had some great comments and, you know, gave it some people a chance to relive that. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the episodes we're definitely most proud of. Yeah, for sure. I'll never, ever, for as long as I live, forget when we recorded that with Dick Wagner. He was such an awesome person. You know, a little bit imposing at first because he's big and he's got this, you know, powerful personality to him. But then when you sit down and really start talking to him, you get to see him open up to you a little bit and get to see the heart of the man. And, man, he was just amazing, you know, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Yeah, I missed that guy to this day, and um, yeah, that was a, it was a fun weekend. He'd come in town on uh, his book tour for his uh, book, Not Only Women Bleed, and yeah. uh, Rich Dillon, our good friend from back in the day, uh, was in town. He had just gotten back from the Monsters Rock cruise, and we went to the book signing and uh, got his autograph, and then uh, he did a great show at uh, the OG Basement here in Nashville. Oh, that and was so wild. Imagine seeing Dick Wagner and you just basically standing right in front of the stage and he's just ripping on that guitar. Yeah, so we did that that night. And then the next day we went over to his hotel and met in the lobby and, and conducted that interview. And if uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, check it out because, you know, Alice Cooper's Dada is like a very mysterious record. Al, you know, those albums are called the Blackout albums for a reason because Alice doesn't remember making most of them. And uh, But Dick definitely had a good memory for a lot of that stuff and... He cleared up a lot of rumors and speculations about that record and uh, will definitely make you have a new appreciation for it. For sure. I remember because it was your idea to talk about Dada because you were like, you know, anybody can talk about Welcome to My Nightmare and anybody can talk about this album. Everybody's talked about that album. And have you ever heard the album Dada? And I was like, uh, no, I've <laughs> never even heard of that. Yeah. And you're like, that's the one I think we should do because nobody ever talks about that one and there's really no information out there about it. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm intrigued. And then I had to go order the album because <laughs> I'd never heard it before. Yeah, it didn't sell well at all at the time. No, uh-uh. But yeah, mysterious and crazy and he unlocked some of the mysteries of the Dada album for us and it was one of the greatest things we've ever done and 
it was the birth of a little something we like to call Albums Unleashed, a, a historical thing that lives on to this very day. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, it was great to, to, you know, visit that album and, you know, get the story behind it. But, and actually among, you know, Alice, uh, I still see the link for it pop up on Alice Cooper groups all over Facebook and, you know, nice. be like diehard fans, like you got to check out this interview with Dick Wagner about Dada, because like, you know, this is like the most information we've ever gotten on it. So like, I'm, I'm yeah. you know, I, I know I can speak for you. We're super proud of that episode. Definitely. So I know a lot of people check that out and really enjoyed it. The ones that enjoyed it the most, they knew that they could help out the Decibel Geek podcast. So when it was announced that that was the new episode, they went to our Facebook page or they went to our Twitter account. They found the announcement of the new episode. They shared it. They retweeted it. We kept track of the names and they became honorary Geeks of the Week. Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Pantheon Podcast, Mike Parnell, David Glenn, Bill Elam, Samuel Wetz, Brent Tibetz, Shane Abair, Aaron Baker, John Phillips, Kristen Schimbeck, David Cathy, Scott Crouch, Doug Fox, Eladio, Hakan Bergstad, Sean Cullen, Mikhail Burrell, Vet Halen, and as always, the, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people. They shared it. They retweeted it. You can have your name added to this illustrious list by simply doing the same with this week's episode. Chris and Aaron do Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Totally Aaron's idea. (laughs) Before we get to all that, I want to remind everybody we are a proud part of Pantheon Podcasts. If you're looking for music podcasts, that's where you start. Just check out all the artists that are creating podcasts under the platform of Pantheon. That's us. We're pretty damn good. If we're pretty good and you think we're pretty good, you know that they got great taste in all the best music podcasts. So let them curate it for you. All you got to do is check them out, go down the list. You're going to find something you love. We're proud to be a part of it. Yeah, love being on Pantheon. Uh, Peter and Christian, who run it, do a great job. And, uh, yeah, tons of great shows on that on that network. Heck, yeah. So right now I can tell you, I feel a lot better than I did at 3 a.m. getting up to go meet you at the airport when we were getting ready to leave Nashville. (laughs) Oh, man. I was so tired. What a weekend. Crazy stuff. That's where it all begins. Me and the wife, I jump in the Camaro. She tails me into town. Luckily, I got a friend that lives right by the airport. He's going to watch my car for me over the weekend while we're gone. So then I can jump back in with her and cruise up. And as we're cruising up to the airport, you know, I always get a little nervous about airports because, you know, I've had some pretty easy flights and I've had some nightmare experiences at airports. So I'm always a little apprehensive. I don't really, I don't mind flying. I just have a fear of airports. (laughs) (laughs) So as we're pulling up, first thing, Jamie's like, well, where are you supposed to go? Where are you supposed to be? And I say, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, it's, we're flying out on jet blue. So wherever that is, and we're pulling up and I go, wait, there's Chris. So I go, okay, <laughs> good start. There's Chris. Let's do this. Yeah. And I mean, we should give some backstory into what happened to, to set this whole thing up. Cause I, I've been a little coy about, you know, what we were doing over the weekend. So, and I mean, now we yeah. can actually talk about it, right? Yeah, definitely. So the tie in, to last week's episode with Dick Wagner talking about Dada is the fact that when we had our conversations with Dick, he had with him his manager, an awesome lady named Susan. 
And so Susan came to us and said, you know what? You guys, Dick Wagner did hundreds of interviews. And after every interview, I would ask him, well, how was that one? And he'd always say, yeah, it was okay. It was all right. She goes, but you guys, when you talked to him and it became like a conversation instead of question, answer, question, answer, that was so good. And that always stood out to him. And it, man, that touches my heart. I know it does yours too. Mm-hmm. So she had an opportunity because she works with the Dick Wagner Remember the Child Foundation, which is an amazing charity that uses music for healing. What they do is they've got children that are sick in hospitals. They'll bring them instruments. They'll bring in teachers. They'll teach the kids how to play. They'll let them keep the instruments when they're done. Healing power of music. You got to know it's real. And what a better way to apply it than in a situation like that. So it's things like that. They do videos called Shake, Rattle, and Rock where kids can watch different artists performing different songs and, and in a way that they can interact, you know, and, and be, you know, get some movement when they're stuck in their beds and in their rooms, you know, and, and again, feel the healing power of music. And to take rock and roll and pair it up with helping sick kids, I mean, you can't beat that. So the Dick Wagner Remember the Child Foundation has been going on for a long time, you know, and now it's become a legacy thing because Dick Wagner, who we lost a few years ago, his name is tied to this and his heart was into this. So if we can keep this thing going, which Susan has been and is doing just amazing things with it, it's a great thing. So if you want to know more about that, it's dwrtc.org. It's a great thing. And if you're somebody that likes to donate to charities, this is a truly, truly worthy one to look at putting some of your money towards because it's, a, it's an amazing thing. So Susan's got this thing going on. She's looking at this kind of a documentary idea with a guy named Artie Kornfeld. And a lot of you probably know if you're rock historians exactly who Artie Kornfeld is. He's known as the father of Woodstock. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Michael Lang, I guess, got a lot of the camera time over the years, mainly because he, you know, continued on with Woodstock in 94, 99, which we won't talk about. But, uh, you know, Artie Artie and Michael were basically the two creative minds behind the original Woodstock, and uh, he was brought on as a board member for the Dick Wagner Remember the Child Fund. And um, that's kind of what got us into Florida because she was like, you know, you did so good with Dick that we think you would do a great interview with Artie. So um, she set us up and we flew down there to uh, get a, an interview with him for, uh, for you know, kind of covering his life, but obviously with a big focus on Woodstock. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But, like, let, yeah, let's, let's go from the airport on. <laughs> All right. So getting out of Nashville smooth and easy right onto yeah. our jet blue plane got us a couple of good seats took off no sweat before yeah. we know it we're landing in sunny florida we're leaving some frigid weather and we're showing up and it's like in the 70s it's beautiful, beautiful. so we get down there land get off the plane no problem onto one bus that takes us to another spot <laughs> where we get into a van and it drives us a few blocks away from the airport and takes us to where the rental car is. This was the first part of the adventure. <laughs> yeah, so let me go ahead and give you a piece of advice. Um, if you're booking through a site like Kayak or anything like that, don't go for the cheapest deal. Just book 
through the rental car thing at the airport because I went for the cheapest deal and we wound up at this off-site, low-rent-looking building. Um, I think it was called Next Car. And uh, we get there and there's already a line. And then uh, I'm seeing people saying really, I'm seeing people unhappy at the counter. And I'm like, oh, shit, what have we, what have we gotten ourselves into? And then by the time I get up to the counter, uh, I see that they have the car they do have the car reserved but then they're like well we need a credit card it's it's just so odd that that car rental companies will let you use a credit a debit card to reserve a car but then when you get there they want a credit card to pay for the car or they're going to charge you a little extra or they're going to charge you extra almost like it it feels like a scam to me but like so so then i was like well I, i have a credit card but like the credit card i have isn't I don't even use credit cards, but I do have one, but it was, it was a new version. It wasn't activated. And I'm like, well, I've, I've got a debit card. Can I use that? And they're like, well, let's see. We'll, we'll see into this. And then they're like, well, there's a $2,500 security deposit. I was like, $2,500. I was like, for a damn rental car. And, uh, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, Jesus. And thankfully I had one debit card that did have that on it. Not that I'm rolling in money or anything. But I was like, okay, can I use this? And they're like, yeah. So they let me use that card. I finally do that. We we get the car, but like it was, what, was it like an hour and a half before we got the car? Yeah, I was standing out there for quite a while. I thought, yeah, man, just run in and grab the car. I'll just wait out here for you. And I waited, yeah. I waited. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're not at the airport anymore. So now I don't know where the hell we are. And we really need a car. But I don't know if we're getting a car. <laughs> yeah, and and I so couldn't. finally, and so finally, finally, you come back out, and they actually gave us a really good car. Yeah, it was a brand new car. But yeah, yeah, I should mention this is Fort Lauderdale that we flo- flew into. Yep. And uh, we get the car, but obviously I'm kind of feeling a little nervous because I'm like, mm, I just put like this giant hold on the, my fucking card for this. Um. But then we drive to the, well, first we drive to the wrong hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. We go to Deerfield Beach down in Florida, and, uh, yeah, we go to Deerfield Beach, and we find out they've got two La Quintas within a mile of each other. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, you put in the GPS, Deerfield Beach, La Quinta, and it, you know, takes you to one of the two of them. It's 50-50 chance. Yeah, so we, we go to that one. They're like, you're at the wrong hotel, and then we go back, go to the other one. And we found the right hotel, got checked in, no problem. Yeah. And then, uh, but like Aaron and I both, you know, we both got up like three, four o'clock in the morning. So neither of us have eaten. Right. And I was stressed out over the rental car. So I was like, Aaron's like, I want to get something to eat. And I'm like, I need a drink. So we're trying to find a place that basically serves food and alcohol. And I was like, what's the closest place to here? So we find this place on Google and it says it's called Firewater. Yeah. And on the pictures, they show food. So I'm like, well, this is like a mile away. Let's just go there. It's got food. So we drive there, and you go ahead and finish off the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking for the place, and it's like, well, I don't see nothing called fire water. And it's on this little strip of businesses. And uh, I go, wait a minute, here's something. And I look in, and it's a little, like, dive bar. I go, okay, this is something. So I go, here we go. We go in. We see some pool tables and stuff. So, all right. So we make our way, have our seats at the bar, and we order us up a couple of beers. And so we're sitting there, 
and we're looking around and it's like I don't see no signs of anything being cooked or anybody eating anything. I think this one guy had a bag of peanuts he brought in. And yeah. uh we ask, Hey, you got any food here? Nope, no food. So we're like, damn. So we've drinking our beers but we're shooting the breeze and talking about music and talking about our adventure so far and what we've got coming up the next day and so we you know drink our first beer and it's good it's good so we get one more it's like okay we'll have one more and then we'll get on out of here go find something to eat but in the meantime they're playing all this great music we're having a good time we're talking we're laughing the people in the bar are really awesome turns Mm -hmm. out that name of the place isn't firewater it's actually called anchors away and the new owner had just bought the place like it all went through like the day before. Yeah. So it was in this state of flux, this transition between what it was and what it was about to be. And in the in-between, there was no nourishment other than alcohol. <laughs> well, and I should mention that like I'm like half blind, so I can't see the 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 draft taps, right? Oh, yeah. And, so and like... Is anybody who's watched the live stream knows I've switched over. I used to drink IPAs all the time, yeah. but I'm trying to I'm trying to lose weight and take care of myself, so I've switched to like hard seltzers, which I'm drinking tonight. He's become the White Claw outlaw. That's right, and uh, so I'm like, "Do you have any hard seltzer?" And they look at me like I'm from another planet, <laughs> and, I, and then I'm like, well, "What do you have on draft?" And like she says something, and I think she says high life, like Miller High Life. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not too bad. I'm like, all right, I'll take a high life. Well, turns out that it's actually a high lie, which is an IPA that's like eight and a half percent. Yeah. So I'm drinking Coors Light. Chris is drinking these massive beers with tons of alcohol in them. And so we each have two, and we're getting ready to hit the road. But then this nice guy down the bar decides he's going to buy us a beer. Mm-hmm. So now we're sitting there and we've got our third beers in front of us. And I go, okay, well, I guess, you know, you can't be rude. You know, somebody buy you a beer, you got to drink it. Yeah, no sleep, no food. No sleep, <laughs> no food. Drinking beer. Chris has got his high gravity going on and it's working. Oh, I was fucking hammered. <laughs> and that's our third beer. I go, okay time to hit the road but guess what somebody else wants to buy us a beer <laughs> well they said they were buying us a shot and she put shot glasses down yeah, and I'm at like, first yeah at first she came around and put shot glasses down upside down which i guess is a way to keep track of who's yeah. gotten their free drink and who hasn't well and i'm thinking i can handle a shot at three beers and a shot i could still be okay oh and i'm sitting there going I don't think I'm gonna do no shots. <laughs> well, I was like, I can drink that. a shot. It's not the end of the world. And then she starts repouring what we had. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna have four high lives on an empty stomach. Yeah, Jeez. and that's exactly what we did. And then we kind of stumbled down the street after that. We said our goodbyes, thanked everybody for being so friendly, and sauntered down the street and found us this awesome pizza place and man we scarfed down that pizza (laughs) nick's pizza it was uh, damn good beach shout out to those guys great pizza right down there on northeast second avenue in deerfield beach check out anchors away and nick's pizza good stuff friendly people awesome florida hospitality the first night yeah so we go back to the hotel room and scarf down pizza and then i fall asleep (laughs) Cause I'm drunk and full. And then I wake up like two or three hours later and Aaron had gone to the gas station and gotten like a big gallon thing, uh, like a liter of water for me. 
thankfully. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, oh, man, this poor guy, he's going to dry up. And we didn't have no waters or nothing. And there was a gas station about a block away. So I made a couple of trips up there, bought up all their water, drug it back to the hotel. We needed it. Yeah, I drank a bunch of water and stayed up for a while and kind of sobered up. And then the next day was kind of the main event, you know, with the uh, with already Cornfeld. So, uh, yeah, we got up early and uh, headed down to Pompano Beach <clears throat> to go to, it was Dogmanic Studio. And, um, but yeah, the, but then we ran into issues with that at, at the when we first got there. Yeah, because, you know, this is all set up ahead of time. Artie knows he's getting interviewed. We know we're interviewing him. It's all set up to be at this place. They've got their cameraman set up. But when everybody's in a different place, it's hard to get the full understanding of how it's all going to work. So when we're heading out on Saturday, we're going, man, I hope this all works out because we're not sure about the cameraman. And we're not 100% sure about what time we're supposed to be there or what time anybody else is supposed to be there. So we show up. And we find the place and we knock on the door and we meet Christian, who is the man who runs Dogmanic Studios down in Pompano Beach. If anybody down in Florida is looking for any studio work, if you need anything recorded, you need to go see Christian at Dogmanic Studios in Pompano Beach because, man, that studio was the shit. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a great studio. Like, really good room, good control room. Um, but, yeah, he was cool. But, he like, he was... He was kind of caught off guard when we got there because he was like, I thought this was at noon. And we got there at what, a little after 10 30. We're like, no, nah, we're yeah. supposed to be here at 10 30. <laughs> and, uh, but it worked out. Um, we had to wait a little while. And then Artie and uh, Deborah Peak showed up, who was helping out Artie. And um, Debbie Detroit. Which I guess we haven't even mentioned, like, who, you know, well, you did mention who we interviewed. But, like, so Artie showed up and, uh, this guy is a true character for sure. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, but uh he showed up and uh Albert the video guy showed up Albert Aronoff, I think is his name. Yeah. And uh, had amazing equipment and they got us set up in the room. Oh man, they had all the different colored lights set up in yep. just the right spots. I bet you we look like a million bucks. As good as we can look with cool lights. But uh <laughs> It, but like he got us all set up, you know, got a little lavalier mic on. I was like, wow, I feel like I'm on TV. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, and then we did. Uh, we would do like basically segments because like the second camera he had had a memory card that was like a 30 minute memory card. But thank God that he had that because um, basically these stools we were sitting on, like my leg was going numb. Yeah. <laughs> like it was good to have a break every half hour. But um, yeah, we'd be we'd be trucking along, having this awesome yeah. conversation with Artie. And then we'd hear him behind us go, oh, hey, um, oh, we got to stop for a second. We'd be like, oh, yeah. shit, you know. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but, man, that guy already, and if, if anybody knows anything about Woodstock, you know who we're talking about. If you've seen the movies and the documentaries, you know all about Artie. He was such a cool dude and has got to do so many things and told me funny story about Gene Simmons and talked about... <laughs> You know, hanging out with John Lennon and hanging out with Paul McCartney and John Lennon peeing on his leg one time and what it's like to pants Paul McCartney. And <laughs> the guy did everything. 
Yeah, I mean, and the well, you can you can tell the Gene Simmons story because that wasn't caught on camera. If you want, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to tell it because it's kind of well, you know, it, it goes a little something like this. He, I don't think he'll mind. All right, thanks, thanks, Paul Stanley's a pretty decent guy. You know, was real friendly, real nice. But that fucking Gene Simmons went out to see him and was that hell. Sends a couple of hookers up to my hotel room. I don't need to no hookers. <laughs> well, there ain't no telling how long ago that was, but, you know, thoughtful yeah. of Gene, but not appreciated. <laughs> yeah, Artie didn't appreciate it. He's like, I can no. get women on my own, thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so we would do these these interviews and, like, a heavy focus on Woodstock, but, like, Artie... If you haven't looked up Artie Cornfeld, like an amazing, you know, career and history, like he he was he had a signed record deal in his teens. Yeah. And then, you know, opened up for like Dion and the Belmonts and did all kinds of amazing stuff. He's like and the head he, head of rock music at Capitol Records yeah. when he was twenty one. Yeah, but I mean, even before that he was he had written like seventy five billboard topping hits. Yeah. So he was a great writer, and then he got in on the business end and became VP of Capitol Records and, um, you know, worked with a lot of amazing artists and then also worked with Mercury Records, too. Yeah. And uh, and then, uh, you know, Michael Lang comes along, and the only reason Michael Lang connected with him was because they both grew up in Bensonhurst in the Brooklyn, the Bensonhurst neighborhood of, in Brooklyn. And Michael looked him up, and that was the way he got into Artie's office. And... Woodstock kind of took off from there. Um, they worked with, you know, and they had other people that were involved and, you know, we don't want to spoil the whole thing, but like, um, but he gave, he gave an amazing kind of recollection of, you know, the whole weekend of Woodstock. And for me, as somebody that does rock and pod, which is a very small fraction of what Woodstock is, um, I felt for him and I feel for the organizers because, the amount of risk that you're taking, especially with something on that scale is huge, you know? So like I, you know, and you know, he's, he's like, you know, I, yeah, I saw some of the bands, but we were just worried somebody was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I'm thinking as an organizer, I totally get where you're coming from. You know, I, I totally get that. But, uh, he had great stories about when Hendrix played and, you know, in working the deals and also, how difficult the who were to work with as far as them wanting, you know, cash up front and everything. So, um, but yeah, there's, you know, we talk about some of the folk artists and such, Joan Baez and Melanie and stuff like that. But, you know, for those of you that listen to our show regularly, we got into the Hendrix and the who and stuff like oh, yeah. that. So there's a, there's a lot of meat on the bone and I, and I do believe we are cleared to use some of that audio for the podcast. So I think, there will be an episode with some of that interview in there for That's sure. That's cool. And then in the meantime, you know, we'll just hang back and wait till word comes out from Susan at the Dick Wagner Remember the Child Fund. And, you know, when that comes out and is available, that's something we'll definitely make you aware of because you're really going to want to check it out. He was, man, what a crazy, awesome guy, you know. And then we got to hang out with him afterwards, too, and went out to eat. And, you know, the stories just kept coming, kept coming. You couldn't, I don't know, just... To get to talk to somebody so legendary that's had his hand in so much, you know, yeah, he's known for Woodstock, but man, he did so much stuff, you know, and had amazing stories and got to ask him some cool intimate stuff, you know, after it was over even. And, you know, yeah, looking forward to being able to do more with Susan and, and the Dick Wagner Remember the Child Foundation and, 
you know, anytime you need us, Susan, we're your guys. You know that. We're going to do our best, yeah. and I think we did a great job. I think we did, too. And, uh, you know, then the the lunch was cool, too, because then we got to hear some other yeah. cool stories. And and I, I've recently become obsessed with the whole mafia and the music industry thing. And I was like, I'm going to bring this up to him because <laughs> I was like, I have to. He has to know. And I brought it up, and then of course he laid out a whole story about you know, you know Morris Levy and the, and the mafia being involved in music, and and he was there for all of it. So uh, that was some interesting stuff. And then uh, yeah, no, he gave us a lot of behind the scenes interesting stories, and uh, just he's a treasure trove of stories. Like even this is like two hours after the interview, and he's still going, just giving us all kinds of details. yeah, telling us crazy. just keeping it going. Yeah, it's just a super nice guy, and. Um, but yeah, we had a great lunch there, and then uh, we were gonna go out that night. But like, we got by the time we got back to the hotel, we were exhausted. So you know, it was like you know, let's just stay. We stayed in, watched football, and uh, had a good time doing that. And then uh, got up Sunday and uh, met up with uh, Ralph Vieira and Charlie Hill and his wife Daniela. Yeah, we had planned that day to meet up at Rock and Ribs, but we had a little bit of time to kill before we went. So we cruised on down to Fort Lauderdale and checked out Radioactive Records, which is a cool little mm-hmm. shop down there. They got albums, they got CDs, all kinds of cool stuff in there. I found some really awesome CDs that I just barely squeezed back into my carry-on bag to fit with to come with me. <laughs> I'll be amazed. I got the Slayer. I got the Testament in there. I got the Budgie. Did not set off the metal detectors at the airport. Can you believe it? <laughs> Yeah, and I I almost pulled the trigger on some vinyl, but I was like, I don't want to have damaged vinyl when I get home, so so I held off. But Radioactive Records in uh, Fort Lauderdale is Yeah, nice. really cool store. So then it's off to Rockin' Ribs, and if you don't know about Rockin' Ribs, it's pretty damn cool. It's Nico McBrain, the drummer from Iron Maiden's restaurant. Oh, yeah, and then I forgot, before we even went to Rockin' Ribs, we went to a huge flea market. Yeah, Aaron was in heaven. It was called Swap Shop. It was like an old mall was converted into a garage sale. And a drive-in theater. <laughs> and a car museum. Yeah, it was It was humongous. It had to have been like two miles. And if you wanted to get your windows tinted oh, yeah. or a stereo put in, you could do that all there, too. Yeah, not the greatest neighborhood, but it was cool. No, that place was a trip, man. <laughs> That's the kind of place you find a gremlin, you know, don't feed it after midnight. Oh, I bought it down at the swap shop. Exactly. But yeah, (laughs) yeah. And if you wanted to buy a thousand charger cords for your phone, that was your place. Or a whole lot of Ray-Bans. Yeah, a lot of of sunglasses, phone cases. It was cool, though. It was nice. And you get your ears pierced, you can eat lunch. Get your hair cut, get your nails done. It's That place is a trip, man. It had everything. It's a little bit of everything. (laughs) And then we went to Rock and Roll Ribs and uh, yeah. and uh, met up with uh, our good friend Doctor Fuck Ralph Vieira and yep. uh, Charlie and Daniela Hill. And then also Ralph had um, the drummer for Thrasher Die, who's also the drummer, or no, the drummer for Combat, and also who's also the drummer for Ingve Malmsteen, Brian, come out. Yeah, Brian was a cool dude. Really cool dude, and uh, had some funny Ingve stories, which we're not going to repeat <laughs> here. Um, but. Uh, it was it was really cool to hang out with them and uh, Nico's place is amazing. I'll put up some photos in uh, the show notes for this, but a lot of platinum albums on the wall and but most importantly, the ribs were lived up to the hype. They were some of the best ribs I've ever had. 
Yeah, they were really, really good. And like you say, the atmosphere in the place is amazing. It's got gold records, platinum records up on the walls. It's got all kinds of statues of Iron Eddie and great posters and a little drum kit up in there. And it's really a cool thing to see. If you're a fan of rock music, especially if you're a fan of Iron Maiden and, you're, and you ever find yourself in Florida, you got to go check it out. You're going to love it. It's so cool. Yeah, it was a great it was a great hang. And then like uh we were talking to Ralph as we were getting ready to leave and Ralph's like, So you fly out tonight, huh? And I was like, Yeah, but they're calling for snow in Nashville, so we don't know if uh we're gonna make it home tonight. It might get cancelled or delayed. And Ralph immediately prophetically said, Well, yeah. if you run into trouble, you've got my number. Yep. And boy did that work out. <laughs> <laughs> and boy did we <laughs> So the whole plan is to get back to the airport at a certain time because Chris's Kansas City Chiefs are playing their first playoff game that night. So we're hoping to get back and time it out just right so we can catch the beginning of that game. Figure there's got to be a lounge somewhere in that airport showing it. So we're going to return the car, and we realize that there's this little kind of hideaway little bar right around the corner from where the car rental place is. So we drop off the car. And make our way around the corner, and we go and hang out in this little bar. We're watching the first game, time's getting closer, time's getting closer, and so we go, okay, let's head to the airport. So we hop back on, we catch our ride at the car rental place, takes us back to the airport. We got a little bit of time to kill, we're chilling a little bit, we go in, we make our way inside. Trying to find us a place where we can watch the game, and we find this little bar type lounge, and we sit down in there and order a Pepsi and a little plate of fries for thirty three fucking dollars, <laughs> and uh, proceed to watch the end of the first football game. We're waiting for the Chiefs game to come on, so the time is now for the game, and they're not changing the channels. Right. They got two TVs on one channel and one TV on a different channel. None of the channels are showing the game we want to see. So we ask, hey turn on the game oh sorry we're not allowed to change the channels it's like what you gotta be kidding me so then chris is scrambling now on his phone he's got a panicked look on his face like he's gotta see this game (laughs) Oh, i was gonna make sure i saw it (laughs) so he downloads the peacock app and we're watching the game on his phone so then we go hang out outside the airport because we don't want to sit inside if we don't have to so we're out there hanging out in the area outside Watching the game, I got my head my head on his shoulder. <laughs> Watching the game on his phone. We'd get into the end of the game and go, okay, we're getting close to time. Now we've had one delay, and it's pushed it back like half an hour. And then another delay, and it pushed it back like 20 minutes. And one more delay, and we go, okay, we haven't had that third delay. It's been a long time ago, so that's yeah. got to be the one. So now we're, we've been in the airport way longer already than we expected to be. So we go down to the terminal where we're supposed to be boarding the plane, and we're watching the end of the Chiefs game. Chiefs win. Right about the same time, we hear a large groan come from the other side <laughs> from of the From a hallway. large man. From a large man, he jumps up, and he's swearing, he's cussing. And oh, I'm he's like, pissed. Oh, shit. What's going on here? Is there a fight happening? You know, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, I see him turn and all the people behind him, and they all just kind of rush out of there, and I know... It just got canceled. Yep. That's when the, yeah, that's when the, my app was on JetBlue said canceled. I was like, oh, shit. 
So we're like, oh, damn, we better hurry up and get up there, too, because everybody else is running to get back in the ticket line to figure out how the hell they're all getting to wherever they're going. So we get in line, and it takes hours. Literally hours. To get to the front of that line. And by some weird happenstance of the split of the line, where we were once in the kind of in the middle, (laughs) we ended up being almost dead last. It was just our luck. To get up to talk to somebody. But are we going to go into, like, the interesting development that happened once I got to the counter? <laughs> misery. Oh, it was misery. <laughs> I was so, uh, I just wanted to throw myself on the floor. Well, so, I like, uh, I get couldn't to. Couldn't stand it. So, Aaron's next to me, and I get to the counter, and I'm like. Oh, just, you talk about the drunk chicks? Well, we have to talk about it. So. Okay, yeah. So. I'm, I'm Well, let me explain my side first. Okay. So I get to the counter and I'm like, I'm so exhausted, but I'm also laser focused on just what's happening in front of me. So I'm not paying attention to any, you know, shenanigans happening behind me, but Aaron's hearing all of it. And all I know is I hear a, like a splash sound and wetness hit me in the back and I'll let Aaron take it from here. It goes back a little earlier than that. I mean, I look around me and there's women crying Oh yeah, it was there's sad. men crying. There's angry people. Oh, there's people, so upset. people on the floor that can't stand any longer. I mean, it's insane. You know, it's just an insane situation. So it's this lady who's crying, trying to figure out where how she's getting home, and then Chris, and then myself, and then there's these two young drunk bitches standing maybe three feet behind us, maybe a little more, four or five feet behind They're us. Pretty close. And they're just blathering on and on, and they're loud, and they're swearing, and there's old people, and there's children, and people are upset, and they are oblivious, you know, and it's really starting to get on my nerves. But like Chris said, we're trying to focus on what the fuck's happening in front of us to figure out what we're supposed to do now after standing here and being in this airport for way, way too long at this point. And suddenly... The chick drops her drink. It was some kind of apple alcohol beverage. It's in a can like a tall boy, and it drops and it hits the floor, and it splashes us all. And I look at the woman crying, and I look at Chris, and he's like, yeah, that seems about right. (laughs) And I'm just... I've just had it at this point. I just had it at this point. And this chick's going, sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Sorry. And I just lean... And I get real close to her, and I say, way to go, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and they just, their eyes get really big, and their mouths snap shut. And I just turn around and go back to the counter. And I was like, I can't take another moment of this. <laughs> it's so out of character for you. You're usually like the, the calm, level-headed one in the group. But, like, yeah, Aaron finally lost it. <sighs> I've been listening to that stupid shit behind me for 10 <laughs> minutes straight. And then, like, I don't pick up on it. Like, all I heard was the splash, and I was thinking, please tell me that's not vodka, or that's not uh, vomit. And I turn around, and all I could say was, thank you. <laughs> and then I turned yeah. back around, and I was like, I don't even give a fuck anymore. And then, uh, but then I heard them mumbling behind us after that, like, you know, and I said, sorry. And then he called me an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm thinking, who is she talking to? I missed the whole thing with the yeah. you know way to go, you fucking idiot thing. And Aaron, Aaron told me this when we got out of the airport, and I just died laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. I wish I'd seen that. We needed something to laugh about by the time yeah. that's over. So we finally get <laughs> what we can get. And what it is is an offer to on Wednesday no, first, fly. No, first it was the next day. Remember? Oh, so yeah, yeah. So first next day, they want us. So our offer is to fly the next day real early in the morning. <laughs> like four hours later. <laughs> which isn't too long from now at this point. Yeah, it's one thirty. in the Get morning. on a plane, fly to New York City to sit at JFK for a few hours, and then we can hop on a plane that'll bring us back to where we're trying to be, back home in Music City. And so it would have been this whole all-around thing, and we're like, you know, fuck it, we'll take it. You know, yeah, if, we'll if that's all you got, then what choice do we have? We'll take it. And then we were going to figure out what we were going to do from there. So then it's, well, Ralph offered, we're going to make the call. <laughs> Oh, I called Ralph be, on the way to that line. Yeah, I'll be damned. He came and got us. Took us in like a couple of strays that we were. Well, that New York flight, was that was the first option. And then yeah. they were, I was like, well, we'll take it. So then they're in the process of trying to book us on that flight. And then their fucking system goes down. Oh, yeah, because then the guy comes back with yeah. that look on his face. And he's like, listen, guys. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Now what? And then it was full. Yeah, and he was like, "Yours were going to be the last two seats on that plane, and they're yep. gone." And then he was like, "The next time I can get out of here is Wednesday." And I'm like, "Okay, when on Wednesday? Ten o'clock at night?" I'm like, "What? This is yeah. like two days later." And I was like, "And then we were just like, well, let's just take it." So yeah, we have to. Yeah. We got no choice. We got to take whatever they got, you know, and figure out if we're just going to rent a car and drive it back or what we're going to do. Yeah, but for now. We're going to go hang out with Dr. Fuck. Yeah, so we get that, and then finally I call Ralph, and I'm like, okay, we're ready to go. Ralph comes up, picks us up. We're driving back to Hialeah, where he lives, and then um, my wife calls, because I've been texting my wife through this whole thing, and she can't sleep anyway. So she's like, well, I'm on Southwest.com, and I can get you a flight out Tuesday morning. And I'm yeah. like, why the fuck did JetBlue not say that? And I get the only thing I can figure is JetBlue doesn't work with Southwest. So Aaron and I had to make a split decision. We're like, just book it just because so that's bullshit. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to do that. They should be able to work with anybody. Well, they should have at least told us. Yeah. Rather than maybe you want to check with, uh, yeah, just say we don't work with Southwest Delta or whatever. And we could, if we'd have thought of, if we'd have known how it was going to work out, we could have just looked at Southwest ourselves before we even got in that line. Exactly. That's we, what get hung out. we get a hung out with the good doctor for four extra hours. Right. So, but we booked that. So then it's like, okay, well, we got a full day in, on Monday in Florida with Ralph. So let's make the most of it. Get back to Ralph's house, fall asleep at like what? Three in the morning or something. Yeah. And then wake up at 10 and then, uh, just hung out with Ralph all day and shot the shit. And, uh, Which was awesome. Had a great time. You know, it's all, man. We couldn't have asked for a better host. We couldn't have asked for a more gracious person to take us in because, you know, true to who Ralph is, he says, refrigerator's here. Take anything you want out of there. You know, anything you need, you go ahead and take it. Set us up with places to sleep. Took good care of us. Drove us around. I was going to say, too, you know, I want to give a shout-out for you, Chris, because I remember years ago, on a, I think it was an episode of a VIP of Chris and Aaron 
where we were actually recorded where you almost killed us in your car. But you, my friend, your driving was on point all weekend. I was a little nervous about that. I was like, oh, man, Chris almost killed me once. And now we're driving around a place he don't know. I don't remember me almost killing us. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, on, it's on a recorded episode. I know it is. Okay. Somewhere in, the, somewhere in the archives, if you want to become a Decibel Geek VIP, you can have access to all those archives and go find it and remind Chris. Yeah, he almost killed us and I recorded it. <laughs> My wife would totally agree with you, but yeah. But your Sideways. driving was on point all weekend in Florida. I did not feel scared for my life, not one time. Okay, good. I tried to be careful. <laughs> Same well, with Ralph, man. When he drove us around, he knew where he was going, got us everywhere we wanted to go. He filled our prescriptions and helped us fill <laughs> prescriptions. Yeah, I had to get a prescription. Like I, I would have been home in time to get like one of my prescriptions refilled. Yeah, I'm middle-aged. I'm old. Fuck you. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I had to. I was like, well, I'm stuck here for another day. I got to get this prescription filled. And uh, nobody speaks English down there, so uh, I had to get basically not in that get, part. Yeah, not in Hialeah. So I had to get Ralph to basically be my translator while we were over the phone, and he helped me get it worked out. And uh, I, he, I, when we pulled into the CVS, I was like, what do I do to get to pick this up? He's like, just give me your ID. And that's what I yeah. did. <laughs> and then I bought beer. <laughs> yeah, and my prescription was the kind I didn't have a card for in Florida. Yeah. So, well, well, the good doctor had that taken care of for you. Most definitely. But uh, So then, you know, we're having a blast. We're hanging out with Ralph. We're living the high life, eating at Denny's like superstars. <laughs> we're such old fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Florida Denny's. We, were, we stopped oh, yeah, at a couple different it. ones. They were both great. <laughs> it's a great omelet. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, shit, man, so much. Got to hang out with Ralph, had so much fun. Like you said, just hung out and shot the breeze for most of it, just relaxed yeah. and took it easy and talked music and laughed and laughed and laughed. And Oh, we had so much fun. It was amazing. You know what? After all the craziness, after all was said and done, I said, you know what? It worked out This good. was destiny. Yeah. This was destiny that we had to stay this extra day because without it, trip would have been cool. We could say, hey, we went and talked to Artie. We did a great interview. You know, got to meet some cool new friends like Debbie Detroit and Albert and Christian down there. And, yeah. you know, got to make friends at Anchors Away and drink beers for free and all that. But what really, really made the whole end was our time spent with Ralph. And the highlight of that is the fact that we're going to be doing a special Wednesday kiss episode with the doctor on his almost human channel. Yeah, we're going to be talking about rock and roll over in depth. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Talk about laughing and laughing. We sure did. And you're going to get a laugh out of it, too, as we talk about one of the greatest albums by one of the greatest bands of all time, Rock and Roll Over by Kiss. So I want to tell you, if you enjoy what we do here on Decibel Geek and you also watch YouTube. If you don't know about the Almost Human channel, you've been missing out on something for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, and you know, and and I heard that's going to come out on February 2nd, so we'll definitely share the link when it comes out. Heck yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of YouTube channels do like rock news, and I think we do a good job with the new noise, but uh, Ralph will do a weekly news episode, yeah, you know, the only awesome. news that matters, and uh, it's... Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's always funny. Yeah, it's funny for sure. Yeah, especially all, whenever he mentions Paul Stanley of Kith. <laughs> Ralph's so cool, man. And yeah. like I said, we're so grateful that 
we know that at this point in doing this show, if we're ever stranded in just about any city in the world, we've got a friend there. And luckily, we're stranded in South Florida where we had the doctor. And yeah. he hooked us up and took great care of us, kept us safe and warm. And we felt loved even though we were far away from our loved ones and ready to get home. He made our extra day there so worthwhile. And you know what? I'm glad those chicks spilled their alcohol. And I'm glad we had to stand in line for four hours and all that just to be able to earn the right to hang out with Ralph. And so it was worth it for sure. Yeah, and those of you that are uh, like vinyl collecting nerds, I'm just going to go ahead and, and spill this. Ralph has a 45 vinyl copy of the Iron Maiden Soundhouse tapes, and it's autographed by Paul Diano. Yeah, he does. I seen it with my own eyes. My jaw hit the floor when he showed it to us. Yeah. Pretty, so cool. pretty fucking amazing. That thing's worth thousands of dollars. But yeah, uh, yeah Ralph was a great host. And he's a great friend. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, and then we got home Tuesday morning and uh, I had to work the rest of the day, but I work from home. So it's easy. I just, you know, basically zonked out on YouTube videos all day. But by the time it hit like six, seven o'clock at night, I was passed out. But uh, happy to be home. But it was definitely an adventure and uh, something I'll never forget. Yeah, for sure. And like we said, you know, proud and honored to be able to do it, that someone would look at us and say, you know what, you guys do great interviews with people. We want to pay and put you up and, you know, get you all taken care of everything you need to be able to do this interview for us. And, you know, to do it in the name of Dick Wagner, that made it that much more special. You know, that made it that much more important to us to be able to contribute to that. So if you want to contribute and be a part of something that's really great, helping heal kids that are stuck in hospitals, using the power of music, check out dwrtc.org. Check it out, read about it. If nothing else, you know, find it, give it a like on Facebook, follow it, and help spread the word because it's a really, really good thing, and we're proud to be a part of it, and we want to thank Susan for considering us to do it. It's an honor. It was a pleasure, you know, to meet our new friends like Christian, Albert, Debbie Detroit, Brian, everybody that we got to meet, got to hang out with Charlie and Daniela Hill at the Rock and Ribs. They bought us lunch down there. Thank you guys for that. Charlie's in a Cheap Trick cover band. He plays the role of Rick Nielsen. Word on the street in Florida is they got the best Cheap Trick cover band. So if you're down there, you see those guys playing out, check that out too. Anchors Away in Deerfield Beach. If you're down there and you're looking for just a regular old dive bar to hang out with, hang out in and have fun, that's the place. I'm telling you, it's great. And everybody and everyone, the Denny's, you know, got to love them. And <laughs> The swap shop. <laughs> the swap shop down in Florida. So consider this your rock and roll informational. If you're planning a trip to Florida, these are the things you have to go do. <laughs> it was a great time. And, you know, and I, I'm excited to see what happens with the video that we recorded with Artie Kornfeld. And uh, yeah. I know I know that's going to turn out cool and uh, so many great stories. And, you know, living legend of rock history and, you know, the, the Woodstock story, if you, if you start, you know, doing a deep dive into it, I'll, I'll go ahead and mention a thing I used for a big part of what I used for research was a documentary and you can watch it for free on YouTube. It's called creating Woodstock and it's the, you know, it's every Artie and Michael Lang and everybody behind the scenes from Woodstock were recollecting on everything that went into putting that show together and it's insane. Yeah. But, uh, I almost think the behind the scenes story is better than the real thing. So check that out if you get a chance. 
Heck yeah. And so we wanted to share that with you guys this week. Just an easy laid back talk. We thought we'd regale you with tales of our trip as we pillaged in Florida and we had a good time doing it. So that's going to wrap things up for us here on this episode of the Decibel Geek Podcast. As always, we're looking for those reviews and recommendations on Facebook, on Apple, and on Podchaser. If you want to become a Decibel Geek VIP, get yourself a couple of extra shows like the Torpedo Dudes, our KISS-related episode that we always do. If you ever wondered what Decibel Geek would be like if it was just a KISS show, that's what it is, the Torpedo Dudes. And then, of course, we got the Chris and Aaron show. Going to be releasing some new ones real soon. I got some stuff I'm working on right now, and that should be coming out real quick, including a new episode of the Torpedo that I've got ready to roll here pretty quick. I just got to send that over to Chris and get that out for you guys. If you want to become a Decibel Geek VIP and get access to all that stuff, then all you got to do is go to Patreon, look up Decibel Geek, sign up however you want to do it, and become a part of it. Friday Night Lives, I think we're taking this Friday off, but we're coming back next week. We're going to have a new tournament and new guests, and we'll have a good time with that. So join us. Keep your ears and eyes open on the Facebook page. Join our Facebook community. Get in on the conversation. And as always, thank you guys for supporting this show that started with a high five because we had 50 listeners one time. (laughs) Look what we grew into now. You know, they're calling us out to do important interviews. And we're so proud of everything we've accomplished and so happy that we've made so many friends all over the world. So we're going to keep on rocking. You keep rocking with us, and we'll keep it going. We'll see you next week. See ya. Explore today's must-have trends and innovative styles at Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet. Shop one-of-a-kind finds in today's must-have trends. Explore wall-to-wall deals, furniture, flooring, mattresses, home accents, seasonal favorites, and more. Discover unique new home decor, pillows, accessories, and more. There's something perfect for your style and budget. There's new inventory every day at up to 80% off suggested retail. Discover the style and savings of Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.